Before we get straight into the podcast, I just want to give a huge shout out to our sponsors, D Kirby GA Star. Declan Kirby GA Star Championship Journey. It's a series of GA team children's books written by primary school teacher and GA coach Michael Egan. You can check it out in the link in the description down below, of course, as well. Follow the trials and tribulations of Declan Kirby and his team at Smith Green Gaelic Football Club, recently formed a promising GA team. The book is now available in Easton's and all good bookshops, so check it out in the description down below. And let's get straight into it. Welcome back to GA Fan TV. My name is Aaron, and this is the game day preview for this weekend's action taking place in the Allianz National Hurling League. And there is a whole host of action to cover, a whole host of games, a whole host of talking points to discuss for this weekend's action taking place in the National Hurling League as things begin to heat up. It is officially the halfway stage in the Hurling League this weekend. There's only two more matches for teams to play after this weekend and um you know we'll start to see more clearly who is going to be battling relegation and who is going to be taking up those league semi-final positions and so on and so forth so if you are new to the channel first of all if you could hit the like button and subscribe and if you're already subscribed if you could also hit the like button share this out to your friends and family helps the channel grow and um yeah smash that like button it will be very very much appreciated and if you're listening on spotify or apple Podcasts or anything like that if you could give the podcast a rating helps the channel grow all the rest um and yeah you know the content on this channel remains completely free so um yeah i suppose we'll crack into this weekend's aliens national hurling league games and we'll start off with division 1b as a matter of fact tipperary are going up against my own county dublin so dublin's last win over tipperary was back in 2015 in the aliens national hurling league and actually as a matter of fact dublin have only won one in their last 10 meetings between these two counties actually the last meeting between these two was in 2017 that was in a qualifier game in sample stadium tipperary scored six goals as a matter of fact that day they absolutely blew dublin out of the water in a round two qualifier absolutely blitzing dublin a very dark day for dublin hurling indeed but of course tipperary's quality i mean look we know the, the talent that they have. Interesting enough, Shamie Callan scored 311 that day. He was absolutely extraordinary for Tipperary. But look, you know, tables have turned quite a bit in the last couple of years, no doubt about that. I mean, t- since Tipperary's All Ireland win back in 2019, there is definitely a bit of transition in terms of uh, younger players coming into the team, older players obviously not there. You know, you don't have uh, Porrick Mar there anymore. Bubbles O'Dwyer isn't part of, this, of, of the team anymore. Shamie Callan certainly getting older, still has bags and bags of quality, and I would still expect him to cause potentially a lot of damage in this game because he is named in the starting 15, and we'll get that team up on the screen in just a moment. But not only that, Tipperary are, um, you know, they're definitely in a bit of transition, all right. They're definitely trying out a couple of different players, bringing a couple of new faces into the team, and they have been, um, yeah, without doubt, experimenting a little bit. Whereas Dublin, on the other hand side of things, Definitely for me of more of a of a settled squad. They've gone fairly strong so far in the league. Definitely on the up, really, when you look back at Dublin's win over Galway last year in the Leinster semi-finals. And, and things are on the up for Dublin. Look, you know, there's definitely a lot of positivity around Dublin hurling at the minute. You know, there's um there's there's a good feeling about Dublin this year. There's a real expectation that maybe Dublin might be able to do something a little bit special uh this year. Maybe cause a couple of shocks maybe potentially go and win a Leinster championship do I realistically think that will happen I don't I still think Galway and Kilkenny are a bit ahead of Dublin right now I know Dublin have had a good record against Galway in recent years but I still think 
Galway on their day should be able to to beat Dublin. Um, and I think if Henry Sheffield gets everything in order there, I would still have Galway and Kilkenny a little bit ahead of Dublin. But look, you know, even the likes of Paul Crummy, who's come into the side, has looked impressive. He scored a goal the last day against Antrim. You know, Danny Sutcliffe, one of the best hurlers in the country, really, on his day, hitting two points the last day out. And it was an interesting game against Antrim because Dublin, they were under the cosh at, at different points in the game. They were struggling in the first half. They were behind. You thought maybe there's a bit of a scalp on the cards. Antrim were looking pretty good. Um, and actually going against the breeze in the second half, Dublin managed to find a way to win the game and going away to Antrim in Corrigan Park. Antrim's first defeat in Corrigan Park, let's not forget, since 2019. So a uh, big, big result for Dublin to go away there and get the victory. I see Shane Dowland actually tipped Dublin to win this game against Tipperary, which I've seen got a lot of different uh, reaction online. You know, I think a lot of um, Tipperary fans were, were, were thinking, you know, is that a Limerick man trying to wind them up? Or, or you know, is there a bit of... You know, I suppose there's there's no love lost between Tipperary and Limerick down the years, no doubt about that. But look, I do think there's a realistic possibility that Dublin could turn over Tipperary, and we'll actually get the Tipperary team on the uh, on the screen right there. So as you can see, this is the starting fifteen that has been named. Now there might be a couple of late changes, as there always is. But I'll call the team out for those who are listening on Spotify or uh, audio podcast. So Barry Hogan's in goal. You have a full-back line of Cahill Barra, Brian McGrath and Owen Connolly. A half-back line of Robert Burns, Seamus Kennedy and Ronan Marr. A midfield of Alan Flynn and Paddy Cadell. A half-forward line of Michael Breen, Jason Ford and Jared Brown. And a full-forward line of Jake Morris, Shamey Callanan and Paul Flynn. So that is definitely a uh, strong enough team, no doubt about it, from a, a Tipperary point of view. Um, you know, Shane McCallan obviously coming back in there is the is the main thing. I thought Dennis Marr, to be fair, done well the last day um, against Kilkenny, contributing with a point and, and definitely caused all sorts of problems in and around there as well. Um, obviously, no Dan McCormick in the start 15 as well. Um, Paddy Cadell obviously coming in in, in midfield. Ronan Mark coming in as well. So um yeah, a couple of a couple of changes there from a, a temporary point of view. Definitely a much stronger team than the last day. And um interesting enough, um Barry Heffernan, who for me was absolutely fantastic the last day for Tipperary, hitting two points against Kilkenny. I thought he'd done a lot of brilliant work in that wing back position. As we're seeing Tipperary now sort of transition probably out of um, you know, they're not just hoofing the ball along like we've seen from a lot of old school teams and hurling down the years their their wing backs are pushing forward they, they've definitely increased their their short hand passing and um, their running game is a lot more prevalent now in my opinion as well so they're definitely you know Colin Bonner's men are definitely probably getting up there a bit more with this uh, modern day style of hurling but look at home simple stadium as I said there at the start Tipperary have only lost one of their last 10 games with um, the dubs. And actually, as a matter of fact, I think that statistic probably goes back further. I only, look, I only looked at the last 10 games. I think that could go even further uh, beyond that. So Tipperary, fantastic record. I've no idea the last time Dublin won in Semple Stadium. So, look, it'll be, a, it'll be a big scalp for Dublin. Can they do a Tipperary in a bit of transition? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. You know, Ronan Hayes didn't score the last day. was quiet enough against Hantrum. If he can come more alive in the game, we could have a chance defensively. Um, Owen O'Donnell potentially picking up Shamie Callan, and that could be one for the ages. But I would actually fancy Owen O'Donnell to get the better of Shamie Callan there. So, you know what? I'm going to go for a surprise result. It is the league. 
So I'm going to go with Dublin to get the victory. And maybe there's a bit of bias involved there. But look, the Dublin footballers are atrocious at the minute. So we have to have some sort of positivity. Otherwise, we will go absolutely crazy. So, yeah, I think Dublin will, will, will have enough there to get the victory. Uh, we'll throw the league table up on the screen, actually, there, because I forgot to put the, the table up a little bit earlier. So Division 1B is obviously what we were looking at right there. And the top two in each division go into the uh, league semi-finals which is what makes this most interesting and you can see there Tipperary and Waterford both in the top two at the minute Tipperary with two wins from two uh, only a plus five score difference interesting enough so their two games have been extremely close against both Leash and Kilkenny but they both came out on the on the they came out on the right side of both of them results so for Tipperary if they could beat Dublin it would be a big statement and I think we're seeing with the Allianz National Hurling League, in my opinion, I think for teams that are in transition, that are trying out different players, that are trying different things out, maybe you know, tactically trying to innovate their play a little bit more, we're seeing those teams take the league a lot more serious as opposed to a Limerick who very much know their best starting 15, know how they want to play, know how to go about the, know how to go about navigating the championship. Um, you know, with two defeats there already in in, in Division One, so you know they're they're certainly looking more ahead to uh, to the championship. So a big game there. You know, if Dublin were to lose to Tipperary, and I do expect Waterford to be Antrim as well, that suddenly leaves a bit of a gap going into the final two games, and you'd be looking at Tipperary and Waterford and Kilkenny maybe still in with a chance of uh, of getting into that league final. So that's really what makes. This weekend's um, Dublin and Tipperary game, that bit more interesting. Antrim and Waterford at Corrigan Park. Big game for both teams. Antrim, uh, their first defeat at Corrigan Park, as a matter of fact, when they played Dublin since 2019. They didn't lose there at all last year and didn't lose there at all in 2020, from what I remember as well. So, you know, uh, it was a tough one to take. But even at that, you know, in their opening two games, Antrim have been... Super competitive, it must be said, even against um, Kilkenny as well. They had Kilkenny more or less didn't have their best start in 15 out. There's no doubt about that. But look, I've been impressed with Antrim. I think they've um, they fought well. They they gave the Dubs a lot of problems. Um, they got on their faces. Neil McManus, you know, on his day, one of the best hurlers in the country. is absolutely exceptional on, on the ball. You know, Connell Cunning, very good as well. Noel McKenna has been a fantastic addition into this team in recent years. And Neil McManus scoring 2-7 the last day against Dublin. Uh, one of them was a penalty. Um, that really shows just how important he really is to this Antrim side. But I think for Antrim, they will want to get a bit more from their team than just Neil McManus. 2-7, as we said, uh, against Dublin. And, um, you know, Antrim on the day finishing in total with um, just six scorers on the day, which, which actually isn't too bad, to be fair. But they will need a little bit more, I think, in their in their forward line than, um, than just Neil McManus. If they want to cause a scalper or, or cause a shock or two, um, I think that will be a, a huge thing for them. Still waiting on Kieran Clark, obviously, to come back into the team for Antrim. They do have a couple of injuries and a couple of players missing. No Conor McCann the last day out against the Dubs as well. So still a couple of players to come back in for Antrim. And I do still think they'll have enough to avoid relegation. Um, their meeting with Leash in a couple of weeks will be absolutely huge. For Waterford, I mean, well, what can you say about Waterford? I mean, seven goals the last day out against Leash. Uh, absolutely extraordinary stuff, really, from Waterford, who, let's not forget, are missing a, a big bunch and a big crop of their players as well. 
with the fact that Bally Gunner won the All Ireland Club Senior Hurling Championship just two weeks ago. You know, they, they haven't had Desi Hutchinson so far, and no Peter Hogan. Um, Stephen O'Keefe obviously hasn't been a regular starter in the past year, but uh, obviously he would have been missing as well if he was an option. Um, so a lot of players missing in, in that one. I know Porrick Matney, who will be coming back into the water for a team you'd feel this year as well. So uh, they've they've been missing a couple of players and they've had to bring some younger players in and they've done really well, you know, you'd have to say. Um, um, you're looking at Kieran Kirwan. Um, sounds a bit weird saying that name, doesn't it? Kieran Kirwan, but he scored 1 4 uh, in that full forward position. Um, and I think for Waterford, I think the main thing for them is if they can find some notable players maybe to come off the bench, notable players to make an impact in games, that could be maybe the difference between Waterford making that step up and potentially winning an All-Ireland or not, in my opinion, because there's no doubt their their best starting 15 is the probably the second best in the country right now, in my opinion, behind Limerick. You know, Desi Hutchinson, Stephen Bennett, who scored 3-8 in that win over Leash. Um, Austin Gleeson, one of the you know all-time greats, really, in hurling. You've tied the Burka coming back into the team as well. Brilliant goalkeeper in there as well. Um, so, you know, Waterford are a very, very good side. There's no doubt about it. And even Karthik Daly, who came in, getting 1-1 uh, the last day as well. So, you know, they're looking very, very good. Patrick Curran, he, he contributed with 1-7 in, in the win over Leash. So, like... There's a lot of positivity for for Waterford at the minute, and I do think with um, Desi Hutchinson coming back into the team, Peter Hogan. I'm not too sure if they'll come back into the team this week. Might be a little bit early, and there's probably there's no immediate rush really to get them back into the team. I think even with some of their players resting and without maybe their best starting 15 on show, they still should have enough to oversee uh, Waterford in um, or oversee Antrim in this game so and they have gone fairly strong a little bit in the league like although they have rotated a bit you've still got austin gleason in there he scored one three against leash the last day michael coyley jack prendergast has been starting jack fagan as well tom barron looks like a good option at wing back so positivity for waterford definitely going in to this year's all ireland series um as i'd say number two behind limerick in uh in, in my opinion i think galway and, and cork are certainly not far off as well but I think Waterford are, are definitely ahead of the, uh, definitely at the top of the chasing pack behind Limerick at the minute. So, yeah, I think I'm going to go with Waterford here to get the victory. I think they'll have enough going away to Antrim. Be a tough game, tough conditions, all the rest. But I think Waterford will have enough. Kilkenny and Leash, another big game here. And for Kilkenny, they'll be looking to respond, obviously, to that defeat away to Tipperary. It was a real shadow box and stall feel to that game against Kilkenny or against Tipperary. You know, it certainly wasn't a vintage game between Tipperary and Kilkenny, no doubt about it. And Kilkenny so far, in a similar fashion, you could say, to uh, Waterford, where they are missing a couple of players who have been involved with Ballyhale Shamrocks and have also been involved in Sigerson Cup action as well. To be fair, some of the Waterford lads like Michael Coyley and whatnot have been uh, involved in Sigerson Cup action as well. So could we see TJ Reid come back in? Could we see Owen Cody come back in? That will be the, the big question from uh, from a Kilkenny point of view. I think Porrick Walsh has done very well so far in that um, uh, centre-forward position, scoring four points the last day out against Tipperary. I've always been impressed with John Donnelly. I think he's one of the more underrated hurlers in the country. He scored five points the last day 
against Tipperary from from corner forward. You've got David Blanchfield coming in, Noel Brazil coming in. So good couple of options for Kilkenny. And I think in a similar fashion to Waterford, you know, no, not to take away any, anything away from the opposition that they're playing against, but I think for Kilkenny, they can afford to probably um, maybe give TJ Reid a, a run out in the final 10 minutes of this game or on Cody as well. I do expect those lads to be on the bench, but I'd be surprised to see them starting uh, in their starting 15. I think they'll be used sparingly throughout the next couple of games in the league. And then when the championship comes around, I think they'll they'll get back in. Because let's not forget, it's a round robin as well in the... Um, in in both in the hurling championship this year, which means you really have to manage your squad. It isn't quite like the football, really, where you need to go strong week in, week out, because there's always that risk of it being your last game. Whereas in the round robin, you're guaranteed four games. So I think there is an element of of managing that squad, and I I could see Kilkenny do that. For Leash, I mean, they will be looking to bounce back after what was, uh, yeah, just a very very heavy defeat away at Waterford. A lot of positivity for the first day out against Tipperary. I think the thing is with Leash is they can come close to taking a scalp. They never seem to quite get over the line. Um, but then on the flip side of that, they could be absolutely trashed and hammered. And we, it's not the first time they've gone you know, up against one of the top teams and been beaten by such a heavy scoreline. But a 33-point defeat, it was a hard one to take, no doubt about it. Um, Stephen Picky, Marwa, eight points that day. They did have Ben Conroy sent off Willie Dunphy with a point Ross King with uh with four points still awaiting Patrick Purcell and and, and what the crack is with him is he going to come back into the team at some point I think that's the the big question from a, a leash point of view he was nominated for an all-star last year and he's definitely one of their most uh talented hurlers in the county so yeah you know there's there's a bit of uh there's a bit of expectation for leash maybe to put in a better performance in this game, but I don't see them winning at Nolan Park. I think Kilkenny should have enough here. Um, and I could see Kilkenny pulling away more and more so on the final 10 to 15 minutes of this game because I could see TJ Reid coming off the bench, Owen Cody, Adrian Mullen um, potentially coming off the bench late on for uh, for Kilkenny as well. So, yeah, I think Kilkenny will have enough here to, uh, to comfortably dispatch Leash. By, uh, I'm going to say by nine points. And I think this will be four or five point game going into the final 10 minutes. And then Kilkenny will uh, will pull away from there. We'll move on to Division 1A. We start with Division 1B. We'll just get the table on the screen there to remind ourselves of how things are looking here. So, you know, this uh, division definitely a lot more clear in terms of who's going to be finishing in the top two and getting into that uh, Allianz National Hurling League semi-final places you can see there Limerick Clare and Offaly very much out of the race to get into the semi-finals and it very much is down to Cork, Galway and Wexford. Um, interesting enough Galway and Wexford the first game we'll speak about here these two playing each other this weekend and um, this could definitely go a long way to telling us who will be in that semi-final. Uh, Galway and Wexford both of course of new managers this year Galway with Henry Shefflin, Wexford with Dara Egan um, I think always strong enough start wasn't too much of a of a surprise, really. You know, um, obviously a, a big win against Limerick on the second day out, and obviously a very comprehensive win against Offaly the first time out. But from a Wexford point of view, they'll be very impressed with how things have gone for them so far. Um, beating Limerick the first day out showed real fight, tenacity, desire. Um, I have to say I've been impressed with Wexford so far. You know, there's been maybe somewhat of an opinion that Wexford maybe might be on a bit of a decline with the fact that Davy Fitz 
Did Davy Fitz maybe overachieve a little bit at Wexford there, winning a Leinster title? We don't really know. It's still early days, yeah. But they've done well so far um, this year. Um, you know, Mikey Dwyer with a goal uh, against Limerick that day. Ushin Foley's a, a good addition coming into the team. Rory O'Connor, um, Jack O'Connor, you know, one you know top class hurler, no doubt about it. So they have a, a whole host of uh, options Wexford do in their attack, and I think that's definitely what makes it most exciting for them. And two big wins as well. You know, Clare not an easy team to beat as well. Clare maybe missing a couple of players like Tony Kelly. And um, Aidan McCarthy, possibly still Peter Duggan to come in there. Um, but they are missing a, a couple of players. So, and uh, you know, Wexford may be missing a couple of players as well. Still have Lee Chin to come back in as well. So uh, I think a lot of positivity for Wexford after their opening two games. And this is a big one. Going away to Galway, a team that's definitely um, high in spirits at the minute with um, Henry Shefflin obviously coming in as manager. And even the spy the retirement of uh, Joe Canning, who not only is one of the best hurlers in the country, but I'd imagine the leadership that he brings to that Galway team. And I suppose the, yeah, the, the leadership that he brings. And we see this a lot with teams, you know, when you've got one of the best hurlers, footballers in your team, that can elevate you a bit and that can bring out the best in, in some of the other players. So even with his retirement, I have been very impressed with, um, with how Galway have, have responded. Like just looking at, them in that win over Limerick, which very comprehensive victory in the end, six points. Obviously, Limerick finishing the day with uh, with, with fourteen men. With Grode Hegarty obviously been sent off, but for Galway, you know they do have some of the, the best hurlers in the country. You know, Cahill Mannion's very very underrated. Been doing it consistently the past couple of years. Finton Burke, brilliant uh, addition coming into the team with with four points the last day. Uh, Connor Cooney, Jack Cooney in there as well. Um, and, and still have players like Brian Concanon to come in, and uh, no Evan Nyland the last day against Limerick as well. So for Galway, they still have um, a lot of players to come in, and you know David Burke, for example, didn't um, didn't start versus Limerick as well. So for Galway, a lot of positivity, a lot of players maybe still to come back into the team, and uh, I would expect players like Evan Nyland, Brian Concanon to come back into the team at, at some point. Um, this year because I think they're both uh, top class hurlers. So home to Wexford. Um, fans definitely be up for this one. Wexford so far have done very well beating Limerick and Clare, but I think this will be a step too far. And I, I do think Galway being at home will uh, will have enough. And I think with, with Henry Shefflin, I think we will see maybe a, 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 maybe a bit of a similar management style to that of Brian Cody in, in the sense of Galway are not going to let up. They're going to be consistent throughout the, the entirety of the league. Um, even with rotation, the standards won't drop too much. So um, I think Galway will will have enough here. Um, and I think they'll win it by uh, five points. Got Offaly and Clare, uh, a game that uh, has a lot of history in it, obviously in the past, a, a big rivalry between Offaly and Clare and Hurling down the years. A rivalry really that hasn't been prevalent since the, uh, the 90s now or, or early 2000s, you could say. Uh, for Offaly and for Clare, I mean, we'll we'll get the league table just briefly back up on the screen there. So you can see it's two teams joint bottom with zero points so far this year. So that definitely adds a, a lot of pressure for both of these two counties. In particular for Clare, I don't think there's too much expected of Offaly to uh, avoid relegation. And I think for Offaly and for Mick Fennelly's men, the main thing will be trying to be consistent in performances, give a good display, give lads game time. But they'll no doubt, no doubtably, uh, or undoubtedly, be building towards 
what looks like a relegation playoff and that Joe McDonough Cup campaign, which will definitely be their priority this year to get back into the Leinster round robin. Um, for Clare, I mean, look, they, they have had a, a couple of injuries and I've seen Tony Kelly obviously came out recently saying that he will be available uh, in the next couple of weeks. So it'll be interesting to see, will he feature in this game? Probably not, but will he feature in the next couple of weeks? Maybe just getting a, co a couple of minutes here and there off the bench, that could be huge because undoubtedly Clare are a different prospect when when Tony Kelly is uh, is on the pitch for Clare. I mean, you're talking about one of the best hurlers in the country, if not the best hurler in the country. He's absolutely fantastic. Still no real word on, on Peter Duggan and, and what the crack is with him. Is he going to be coming back in at some stage? There was an expectation that he'd come back in but that doesn't seem to be the case. Mark Rogers has, has really come on leaps and bounds for Clare this year. He's been brilliant at Fitzgibbon Cup level. He scored 12 points uh, against Wexford the last day out. And, you know, Clare, it's one of them things with Clare, like if you can get Tony Kelly back into the team, you get Peter Duggan maybe in that team as well. John Conlon's obviously come in at, um, at centre forward there. Obviously, you haven't played last year at, uh, at centre back. So he's back in and around that uh, that forward line. Aaron Shanahar, big, strong, tall as an ox, brilliant target man uh, to, to you know hoof balls into. Same with Aaron Shanahar as well. So um, you know I, I like the look of of Claire. I really do. I think they're they're one of the teams that's going under the radar. And if they can get their players up to full fitness, I do think they could cause a surprise or two this year. Um, I know a lot of people would look at them as the team that could finish that would. You know, is probably favourites to maybe finish bottom in the uh, in the Munster round robin, but I wouldn't be so sure of that I, I do think Clare, if they can get things ticking a little bit, um, I think they could be there thereabouts in terms of getting out of Munster and maybe going on a bit of a run and, and going on a bit of a shock. I suppose the problem is for Clare is that the quality in Munster is just so good, isn't it? You know, you're looking at Limerick, Cork, and Waterford, arguably you know, maybe the top three teams in the in the country at the minute. And Tipperary were all Ireland winners back in 2019. So um, it's going to be very, very hard for, for Clare to get out of there. But we'll definitely predict that and, and discuss that when the time comes around. In terms of this game, going away to Offaly, I think for Clare, this, this needs to be a win. And I think it will be a comfortable result by six or seven points. So I do think they will uh, have enough to win this one. We'll move on then to the final game of... Division 1 before we touch on the uh, Division 2A clashes briefly. And Limerick and Cork, look, this might be the game of the weekend for most people. Um, certainly as a Dublin point of view, I'll, I'll be really looking forward to that tip game. Um, but Limerick and Cork, this is obviously on TJ Cahar, or TJ, TG Cahar on Sunday uh, after the Dublin and Kildare game. Look, uh, you know, Limerick and Cork, big rivals. Um, this is probably, for me, going to be the rivalry in hurling now over the next five to ten years. You look at the age profile of both teams. You look at what both teams have done at underage level. They've had some significant meetings in recent years as well in terms of playing in, in last year's All-Ireland Final. They played in the Munster semi-final, quarter-final as well. So these two teams, you know, they're going to get used to playing each other quite a lot over the next couple of years. Um, we're seeing Cork with that underage success at minor level and the under-20 level, and we're starting to see a few of those lads come in. Um, obviously, the likes of Dara Flynn, the likes of uh, Podrick Power coming in there as well, Alan Connolly, Jack O'Connor, who's been absolutely brilliant. Um, for Limerick so far, two defeats from two, which will be, yeah, you know, look, 
we've seen last year they were winless and they're opening three games in the in the hurling league and there was a bit of discussion are Limerick on the decline you know our teams maybe catching up with them physically are they getting a bit stronger now are they catching on to the way that Limerick play and then once the championship came around and once you know the going got tough for Limerick they clicked into gear they found an extra level within themselves and really they comfortably won the the all Ireland, didn't they you know they, they came back against Tipperary they didn't just come from behind they absolutely blew them away and then very comfortable against Waterford. And then they absolutely blew Cork away in the first half. And it was, um, it wasn't even a contest really. I mean, if it had been a boxing fight, you would have stopped this in the first round. It was, um, it was an absolute demolition from Limerick. So I think for Cork and for uh, Kieran Kingston's men, they will want a response here against John Coyley and, um, for Limerick, you know, they're, they're not going to get into the league semi-finals at this stage. They're four points behind. You're talking about there needing to be a, a two-game swing going into the last three games. Not impossible because Limerick could win their last three games. But in terms of the other results, I'm just not too sure if, if that will happen. But that's obviously not the, the priority for uh, for Limerick. We still haven't seen Keane Lynch come back in for, for Limerick so far this year. We've seen him at the, in the Fitzgibbon Cup final and uh, he was sent off that day. So. Um, We'll see what happens with him. I would expect him to come back in in this game, maybe maybe coming off the bench, maybe, uh, or maybe even starting now with the fact that he doesn't have any more uh, cup commitments or any more sort of um, uh, college commitments there, we shall say. Cahill O'Neill has been a breath of fresh air for Limerick so far this year. Four points against Galway and some absolute wonder scores, and there's no doubt that he could be uh, a fantastic addition for this Limerick team coming off the bench or potentially even starting. But again, you're still looking at that front six for Limerick of Shamey Flanagan, uh, Aaron Galan, you know, um, Tom Morrissey, Keen Lynch, Groad Hegarty. I just don't think that front six is, is going to be changed. Um, I, you know, you're looking at Cahill O'Neill, Pat Ryan, David Reedy as options to come off the bench. But look, there's still a lot of players to come back in for, for Limerick, no doubt about it. And still a lot of players to uh, to click into gear. Like, no Tom Morrissey the last day against Galway. Um, as I said, no Keane Lynch. Uh, Garrod Hegarty was obviously sent off, so I don't think he'll be involved this weekend. Uh, Cole Hayes came back into the team versus Galway, but probably did look a little bit rusty. So, um, you know, still a, a lot to uh, a lot to work on from uh, Richie English, maybe, to come, come back in there as well. So, uh, or did he retire? I think he might have retired, actually, now that I think about it. Um, but yes, yeah, st still a lot to work on from a, from a Limer Declan Hannon still to come in as well. So a lot of players still to come in from a Limerick point of view. And, um, you know, for Cork, we know obviously the talent of, of a player like Patrick Horgan, who is undoubtedly one of the best hurlers in the country. And, um, I'm still amazed that he didn't get an all-star. I really, really am. I think that's probably one of the biggest injustices in terms of all-star awards, um, possibly ever because for me I, I thought he was one of the best hurlers in the country last year i thought he was top three um you know he was quiet enough in the all Ireland final but cork were quiet enough you know so absolutely absolutely mental really um so you'd, you'd be expecting patrick horgan to maybe make an appearance in, in this game luke mead maybe as well as i said dara fitzgibbon been a, a great addition coming into the team shane barrett as well um, Shane Kingston scoring nine points against Clare. So Cork are looking good. Do you know what, though? I think Limerick are going to win this one, though. With it being at home, with it being um, at the Gaelic grounds, I think Limerick will have enough here to uh, get the victory. They've lost their opening two games. 
And I think for, for John Coyley's men, with some of the criticism that, that's come Limerick's way, really, in the past couple of weeks, with Gerard Hegarty's red card, and a lot of different things have been said about Limerick, I think they'll want to respond. Um, and I think they'll want to put in a performance here, in my opinion. You know, losing the, their opening three games wouldn't be the end of the world. Look, the, the focus is, is obviously going to be on the championship, and they're not going to get relegated. We know that. But I do think that they'll want to put in a, a performance here. Um, I think it'll be very close, but I'm going to go with a I'm going to go with a one point win for Limerick. I think it's going to be uh, yeah, it's going to be very very close indeed. We won't touch on uh, Division Two too much because obviously the, the you know you don't really get to see any of these games at all, and um, trying to find match reports and information on these games is. I mean, it's like trying to find information from another planet, to be perfectly honest. And, it, you know, it does frustrate me that it, it, it is that way. It shouldn't be that way. But unfortunately, that's generally how it is. But again, this uh, image here is provided by uh, at GA League Tables on Instagram and Twitter. So make sure to give them a follow for, uh, I suppose, the latest information on the uh, current league standing. So you'll see there Division 2, um, Division 2A, you've got Down and Carlo. Uh, leading the lights in uh, Division 2. Look at down, by the way. Two games, two wins, four points. Absolutely incredible stuff. A lot of people might have been expecting them to be in a relegation battle, and they have been absolutely fantastic. Beating Carlo as well. Um, yeah, brilliant, brilliant stuff from a, from a down point of view there. Um, you've got Carlo and Kerry and Mead and Westmead. I mean, it's you know really wide open there for who could um, potentially, uh, I suppose, creep up on down. And Division 2B... I haven't really seen anything at all here. So Derry and Donegal with four points so far. London with with, with two points. Donegal, interesting enough there, uh, absolutely uh, trounc trouncing London, you could say. Is that even a word? I don't know. But they absolutely blitzed London in um, the last game in Division 2B. And interesting enough, like looking at the score difference, you see Derry and Donegal, um, if you have a look at the score difference in the, the uh, just right at the right there, the second last, uh, column you could say like Derry and Donegal's score difference is absolutely huge every other team is on minus score difference so that probably tells you that Derry and Donegal are, are by far and away the two best teams in that division um, and that'll be interesting to keep an eye on but in terms of some of these games down and Kildare we just mentioned they're down absolutely brilliant in their uh, opening two games and um, yeah I mean absolutely brilliant stuff from a from a down point of view to you know, having beaten Carlo obviously in uh, in the opening day as well, um, absolutely you know brilliant stuff. And what's actually interesting from uh, from from down against Carlo was they only actually got three points from their starting uh, fifteen. It was actually the uh, all the other scorers who came off the bench, such as Paul Sheehan and a, and a few other lads in there as well. So, you know, for down they they've they've um, they've done brilliant and you know it'd be great if we could actually get to see them play or, or get to see some of their highlights. Um, that would be absolutely brilliant. But uh, McManus with five points the last day out. Paul Sheehan with five points. Dahi Sands, who's been, a, I suppose, a regular uh, feature or a regular starter in the last couple of years for, for Down Hurling with a goal. Chris Egan with a goal in there as well um, when they beat Mead the last day out. And beating Mead and Carlo, like that's two very experienced teams in this division. So that tells you a lot about um, how well... They've done for Kildare. I think you know maybe a little bit of disappointment so far, sitting bottom of the division. They're definitely on the up in uh, hurling at the minute, and I think a lot of people are looking at Kildare as a team maybe in the next probably what five to ten years that could make that step up 
in hurling and and could be a team maybe that could get up to the um to the round robin. They definitely have been dealt a bit of a reality check though. To be fair, in 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 the last couple of seasons or in I suppose the last couple of games, beaten by Mead back to back, obviously relegated back down to the Christie Ring. They have been missing a couple of players with the fact that Nace have done so well in um, the All Ireland Intermediate Hurling Championship, and obviously Nace had um, were doing quite well in football as well. So they have had a couple of commitments there, a couple of uh, distractions, and you'd still be expecting players like um, Jack Sheridan and Brian Byrne to come back in, and they, they should be a different team when uh, that is the case. So, look, I think down going up against Kildare at home in their own backyard, a massive chance to put six points on the board and lead themselves closer towards that promotion playoff. And I think they're going to do it. I think they've been brilliant so far. Paul Sheehan, Dohi Sands, McManus, they've, they've, a whole, they've a wealth of options there. And um, without having seen them play so far this year because of the lack of coverage, obviously, um, I have been hearing good things about down. I really have. And it would be nice to get a bit more insight into... Um, into them because you know if they go up to division one that is one of these stories of the year it really really is carlo and kerry i've been disappointed with carlo so far and i've been disappointed with carlo really over the last couple of years um they just haven't really kicked on in the way that i would have hoped you know i remember watching them when they came up to the leinster round robin and even when they played dublin and they were very competitive in in, in that leinster round robin but since then since having been relegated it just hasn't worked they've, they've obviously had a couple of changes in management Marty Kavanagh's obviously um, stepped up, or Marty Kavanagh was injured for uh, last year, but obviously he's come back in. Tom Mullally obviously taken over now as manager. Um, and they would have been disappointed with that defeat to Down because I think they, they are a team that has really good hurlers in their team and has a, a potential to, um, to maybe creep up and be in that um, promotion battle. I mean, it was a big win against Westmead the last time out. Uh, Chris Nolan, absolutely brilliant. McDonald with one six. Uh, Connor Kyo with a point. Ted Joyce uh, getting on the score sheet there from what I can see. So that was a big win for them. It, would, it was a huge scalp over Westmead, but certainly losing to Down would have been a disappointment for them. And I think you're looking at Division 2 really and the way Division 2 is is, is beginning to, to unfold with the fact that Kildare, or with the fact that I would fancy Down to beat Kildare this weekend, probably the winner of this game or the loser of this game could really possibly be out of the race for uh, for promotion. If we even just uh, we'll get the league table up on the up on the screen there again briefly, so you can see there, for example, Kerry with one win and one loss, Carlo with one win and one loss, and uh, if Down were to win this weekend, you know that's that's a four-point swing with, with two games to go. It, it would practically be game over, really, for whoever loses. So this is almost like a, a semi-final um, in many ways for, uh, for for Kerry. But they did look very good the last time out against Kildare, uh, in, in my opinion. I thought they were brilliant that day, obviously beating Kildare by a score on a 4-18 to 2-16. And, uh, you know, still have Shane Conway, obviously, um, well, actually, he started in midfield, didn't he? He scored 1-5. I didn't see his name there uh, originally. Um, you know, Porrick Boyle with five points. Gary Dooley with two points. Shane Nola with 1-1. So that definitely was uh, a very impressive performance, no doubt about it, from uh, from Kerry's point of view. Hard one to call, really tough one to call. And I haven't seen really any of these plays, so it's, it's, very, it's a very hard one to call. But I'll go with a draw. I think both sides coming in with a bit of momentum, a lot on the line. 
I think a draw is the uh, is the fair result. Westmead will be kicking themselves after losing um, last week to uh, to care or who was it? They lost to wasn't it? They lost they lost to Carlo. They were absolutely kicking themselves after that loss to Carlo because uh, Westmead in most people's eyes definitely the favourites to come through this division. Obviously, having won the John McDonough Cup last year and um, played Division One hurling last year and been relegated. Kieran Doyle, Killian Doyle, uh, fantastic hurlers, big experience in uh, in Davy Glennon, for example. But Mead are one of them teams that you know they surprise you quite a lot in um, in hurling. They really do because uh, they have a knack of just producing results when you least expect it. And they've definitely been a team that's actually improved quite a bit in uh, in the last year. You know they beat Kildare last year. I think they might have beaten Kerry or, or Down, and they were nearly actually they nearly got into a John McDonough Cup final last year. Um, so I think they're they're uh, they're they're looking pretty good down or, or Mead. Um, I've been impressed with them to be fair to them, and even beating Kildare in, uh, in in that game as well, which was absolutely huge for them. Obviously, the first day out, and again, this is probably similar in the in the sense of whoever loses this game will be looking over their shoulder and possibly be looking more towards a potential relegation battle, which sounds crazy for for West Mead. And whoever wins it will be firmly in contention. And if Mead can take a, a scalp here and turn over West Mead, I think that would be a, a, an absolute huge, huge um, statement. Jack Regan's been fantastic the last couple of years for Mead, uh, scoring 12 points. Adam Gannon would appoint the last day out as well. So, um, And Mead did finish with 14 men from what I can see here against Down the last day. So... I'm sure that definitely did uh, play its part, but I think Westmead will have enough to win this one. I think I think Westmead, you know, they they're by far and away the better side here. It will be tough going away to Mead, and obviously a bit of a rivalry between these two um, down the years. So I think it'll be a tough one for Westmead, but I think they'll have enough if they have any serious aspirations about getting back up to Division One. I think they should have enough, and they should win the game. Uh, before we finish up there, there was a comment from Philip Corrish who says, um, do you think Wexford will have a good season? I, I think so. You know, I, I think the jury is probably still a little bit out on Dara Egan. Don't really know him too well. Don't haven't, you know, haven't seen what he's done too much so far. But look, to beat Wex or to beat Limerick on the opening day out was absolutely brilliant and definitely a lot more optimism and positivity in the last two league games, having um, I, I watched them against Dublin in that um, preseason cup final, and they were absolutely obliterated. They looked all over the place. There was no defensive organisation whatsoever, and you were worried because Davy Fitz has had a lot of um, criticism in the last couple of years, but they've always been very well organised defensively, um, and I think their defence has come on leaps and bounds under Davy Fitz. So when you watch that preseason cup final, you were a little bit worried, but. In the last two games, they've been brilliant. Big win away at Clare, big win against Limerick as well. And um, I think they're they're looking good. Will they do anything serious this year in the All-Ireland? I don't think so. I think Galway and Kilkenny are the front two. I think Dublin and Wexford are maybe neck and neck. You could argue the case for either side there. Um, but I do think it'll probably be between Dublin and Wexford really battling out for that um, third position in the, uh, in, in the, Leinster, in the Leinster. Round robin. Um, Division two B, as we said there, we're not going to discuss these games really in uh, in too much detail. But you can see the the league table there. 
you've got Derry and Donegal buying away and a large there, the, the two top teams in this division with uh, two wins from two and a, a very comprehensive scoring difference um, as well. So, look, it will be uh, be interesting to see, obviously, what happens there. Sligo are, are playing London, so that could be a potential uh, you know relegation battle there as well. So we'll we'll see what happens in, uh, in in some of them games as well. But yeah, we'll go ahead and wrap this up here anyway. Cheers, anyone who tuned in to the uh, into the podcast and who watched this preview. Let me know your predictions for some of the games in the comments down below. Let me know who you think could uh, take a massive step towards promotion, relegation. Um, who are the players to watch out for? and all the rest. So um, yeah, if you could leave a like, that'd be absolutely brilliant. Smash the like button. Let me know you're enjoying this type of content and if you could subscribe if you haven't already absolutely brilliant there'll be plenty of reactions match reactions all the rest coming out this weekend i don't know what's going on down there there's a dog screaming here somewhere but yeah i think i think it's time to wrap it up anyways um cheers anyone who tuned in my name is aaron and i'll see you all in the next one